Uh, we talked to Mulefe Puwe, who is an author and speaker, and uh, the book uh, that he's uh, ro- written is entitled Money Talks, Consequential Conversations to Help You Create and Control Your Wealth. This is one of those topics that is best needed around this time as we look forward uh, to the new year. So his book touches on issues of how your environment can limit your thinking and how to manage your money, among other issues. Let's get some wisdom from him now as we close the year while starting a new one on a positive note. Mulefe, thank you so much for making time. Good morning. Good morning, Asanda, and good morning to SAFM listeners. It's a pleasure to be on your show. Well, thanks. I mean, maybe think about your message as well, since that's what we've been doing for frontline workers and how you'd like to thank them and, and send a, you know, a message of encouragement. We'll ask that when we're done with our chat. But let's get into okay. the book. <laughs> let's get into the book, uh, Money Talks. Uh, so in this book, uh, you uh, and it's subtitled Consequential Conversations to Help You Create and Control Your Wealth. There's a lot of things that you, you, you cover and we'll get into it. It starts with a dedication, though, to your dad. And I have to mention that since we are also making dedications on the show and yeah. what you learned from him about money. Let's talk about that. Yeah, thanks, Asanda. I, I, I think all of us have people that we can point in our lives that have guided us on our money journey. Even when you are not aware of it, your current habits, you, you know, your, your current money mindset are informed by your environment, your friends you associate with. So for me, I've been privileged to have a dad who's been very astute in terms of just how he handles his, not just his life, but his, his finances. So I touch on it uh, in my book in terms of you know, some of the lessons that I've learned uh, from him. And, and most of them have really been just sitting, not, rather not sitting down and him teaching me like in a classroom format, but just by observing how he goes about his life and how he goes about handling money-related issues. So, so, so that's why I felt it, do, it would be remiss of me to just get into the book without, you know, acknowledging the contribution that he's made to, to my life and, and my siblings, and he continues to, to, to make. Because I think, I think not just him and my mom as well, but particularly my dad, because, you know, we grew up in households where the father was seen as, as the head of the house and the breadwinner, as it were. So it, it, it was expected of him to take certain responsibilities that, that were very educational. And he's a frontline worker because he's a medical doctor. So we want to give him a shout out as well. But yeah, you... a shout out to him. He's, probably, he's actually at work now. He starts work at 10 and finishes quite late. Uh, so, so one of the things I've actually learned about him is that you need to give yourself fully and passionately to your chosen profession. You know, my dad doesn't just see his work as work. It's, it's really a passion for him and a calling for him. And many people don't associate the work they do with, with a calling. We, we, we think mm. a calling is when you are at church, you know, or when you're doing religious activity. But, but, but even frontline workers, as, as you were saying, you know, th- there's a lot of people. I mean, if you take nurses, for, for an example, they can care for you to recovery. I mean, if you've got somebody who's not passionate about people, I always say, don't get into the medical profession if you're not passionate about people and you don't like people, because your attitude makes a big difference in terms of the healing process of the people you are caring for. Mm-hmm. So, so my dad is an example of, of, of that indeed, in terms of just, you know, him being passionate about the work he does and the patients that, that he sees. 
So let's get into the topics covered uh, in the book, yeah. uh, one of them being the money mindset. What, yeah. are, what are the destructive beliefs uh, that we hold about money and what should the new habits be to replace these? Uh, that, that's a very good question. You know, before we get into, 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 into the, the destructive habits, it's important, I think, for me to make the statement that it's, it's, it's something that I've learned from one of the great Greek philosophers called Socrates. He says the quality of a man's life is predicated upon uh, the quality of questions you are willing to ask yourself. You know, uh, daily, you know, we, we ask ourselves basic questions. What will I eat? What time will I wake up? But we need to go a little bit deeper and ask ourselves, you know, what we call existential questions. Who am I? What kind of life do I want? Mm. How will I achieve this life? What contribution do I want to make into society? Because those, those force you to think deeper and go beyond the subconscious to understand, you know, some of your motivations. So, so the typical mindset that we have, you know, regarding money tends to be very destructive. And you can tell by the conversations that we have. And sometimes we may not think that, you know, the conversations we're having about money are indicative of the mindsets that we have. But you hear people say someone is filthy rich. Mm. I mean, that's already an indicator that this person, in their mind, they're making an association uh, of riches with filth. We've never heard anybody say someone is filthy poor. You know, money can never make you filthy. Neither can poverty make you filthy. You choose to be filthy by your own uh, habits, mm. uh, by your own mindsets, and by your own actions. So we say people are filthy rich, and that's a bad mindset. That's a very destructive mindset. And then sometimes we say, you know, we say things like you can either be rich and miserable or poor and happy. Uh, we, 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 this is what we call false equivalence. You know, we ascribe... Mm causalities to factors that are not even correlated because money uh, or riches and happiness are not related or poverty and happiness are not related. You know, you can take actions for you to, to, to achieve both. They're not mutually ex- ex- exclusive. Or sometimes we think that, you know, wealth is only for the privileged few. And again, these mindsets typically are informed by the environment that we grew up under, and it gets perpetuated by, 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 by the circles that we associate with, the friends that we keep. You know, and sometimes another mindset would be not having enough, or rather you, you say you tell yourself that, uh, you know, things will get better when I have more. And instead of, and that doesn't give you control. In other words, things will get better the day you take control right now, not in mm. future when you earn more. When you take control of your life right now, that's when things will get better and improve for you fi- financially. All right. So, the, so the, those destructive beliefs then in terms of what we speak and how yeah. we, we, we think about money. So let's talk about relationships and money now. And in the book, you refer to all types of, of uh, uh, relationships and not just couples. One of the things I want to zoom into is that you speak about the importance of having rules before you loan money to people. So let's talk about that. Yeah, that's absolutely. You see, what I find is that it's impossible to have prosperity when you don't have peace. And nothing impacts on an individual's peace like the relationship that they have in their lives. So it's very critical for an individual to, you know, assess the, the, the people that are in their lives and, and the contribution they're making 
to the level of peace that that person has. And one of the biggest mistakes we make in relationships is, is our inability to categorize the people in our lives in terms of which, which, which category do they fall in as far as it relates to me. It's easier to do that, you know, in the work environment where, you know, the, the, there are clear delineations in terms of roles mm. and responsibility. You know that this is my boss and then these are my co-workers and then these are my subordinates. But it's very difficult in a relationship, you know, to be able to categorize people beyond just saying this is my friend or, you know, this is... This is my colleague. But in my book, you know, I, I, I clearly outline four categories of relationships that you, you, we find ourselves in. And you need to place people in that. Those are relationships of convenience. You know, these are friends that would call you only when they're in trouble or when they need something from you. You know, the question they ask is, what's the least that I can spend to get what I want from this person. They're not invested in you as an individual. They only want you for what they can get out of you. You know, sometimes you find that people associate with celebrities, but they don't really like them, but they like them for the doors that they believe they can open for them. And then another type of relationship is a relationship of compromise. This is, you are in a relationship with someone who's lowered their standards to be with you in a relationship. You know, you are not the ideal partner because the ideal person is not available. So, but for these cards, they're just passing time with you. And the question they're asking themselves is, how long can I endure this season until my Mr. Right or my, miss, or my Mrs. Right shows up? So they expend as little as possible. They're not really invested in, in the, into the relationship. And so, you know, these two categories of relationships, you should be aware of them. And you shouldn't really be spending yourself as well. You shouldn't be spending a lot of money with these people because they're not invested in your long-term uh, growth. They're not invested in your long-term development. Unlike, you know, a relationship of covenant where someone is fully uh, invested in, in your well-being, and they were even willing to self-sacrifice to ensure that you achieve your goals. And so mm. once you've placed people in the different categories of, of relationship, what you then need to do is then you need to devise rules that regulate those relationships. Because without rules, you know, you, you will treat uh, someone in a relationship of convenience as if there's someone in a relationship of covenant, which is more long-term and enduring. And, and you and end up, you know, losing peace and losing money also in the process, you know, trying to, uh, to, 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 to help people that are not invested in your, in your well-being. And talking about the covenant, uh, let's talk about the right uh, marriage contract or how one chooses the right marriage contract for them. We're speaking to Mulefe Puwe, if you've just joined us here on The Talking Point, author of Money Talks, uncovering that uh, book. So uh, that's what we're doing right now. The the correct marriage contract, and I mean, when we look at uh, now, towards the end of uh, 2020, we saw so many people getting married and getting lobolad. Uh, it was kind of a season for that after June, July. So how do people choose the correct uh, marriage contract? Yeah, that, that's a very good question because typically, you know, what we've been accustomed to is uh, by default, you know, most people have entered into a, uh, in a marriage contract, which we call, which we call, uh, what's this relation, what's this covenant now? Uh, in community of property. Mm-hmm. In other words, uh, both parties split the assets and the liability 50-50. And for the most part, 
it's been seen, you know, as a demonstration of your love and your commitment to the person that you are in a relationship with. And over time, you know, uh, uh, people have begun to obviously talk holes at this sort of contract in terms of its inability, you know, to help people progress in as far as the, the kind of economy that we're living in today and the kind of uh, career aspirations that people have, particularly when it comes to entrepreneurship. So contracts have evolved over time from just looking at, you know, your typical uh, in community of property uh, uh, covenant or rather contract to what we call anti-natural contracts or ANCs with accrual or without accrual. So what is important for partners to do is to really assess, you know, career aspirations that uh, their partners have and also some of the, the implications that uh, those career aspirations, particularly if someone is going to pursue an entrepreneurial role, you may find that, uh, you know, to limit the exposure of your partner to some of the level of debt that you may incur and some of the liabilities that may come with it, you may choose a contract that is suitable for both parties in order for you to, to protect one another from, from forms of from forms of liability. So each person needs to be specific in terms of, uh, you know, what they're looking for in a marriage and, and not just go for what has been typically been offered, which is a uh, in community of property. Let's talk about the money-making equation now that you speak of uh, in the book. And just to invite some listeners as well, you can call in on this topic if you've got uh, questions for Mulefe who is author of Money Talks. The number is uh, 011-714-2006. So, Mulefe, the money-making equation, and you're saying that wealth is created when four ingredients come together. Uh, What are they and how does this work? Yes. Uh, You know, most people don't realize that our lives are ruled by equations. Uh, I know some of us, especially if you are not inclined uh, if you have an aversion for mathematics, you may not be have liked equations at school. That would you know, be me. <laughs> what that you? Yeah, yeah, you know, solve for X. You know, there's these jokes on social media that are saying, you know, I couldn't understand why our professors would want us to solve for X. But e- equations, I don't have time to get into it. Equations are always ruling our lives. Even as, as simple as when you are baking a cake, there's a, there's a recipe that goes into that. There's a formula that goes into you, you know, uh, coming up with uh, uh, the best cake that you can come up with. So as far as money is concerned, you know, there, there's, there's, there's the money-making equation that I talk about in the book, and, 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 and that is uh, informed by skill, opportunity, production, and leverage. In other words, these are the four ingredients that you need uh, to master and have in order for you to be on the right side of the money-making equation, because you can also be on the wrong side of the money-making equation. So first and foremost is your skill. You need to determine, you know, what skill do you have that, that the market needs? And then second to that is matching the skill with the opportunities that are available within, 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 within the market. And then thirdly is about, you know, making sure that you are producing something. You know, uh, there was a book called The Capitalist Nigger, which uh, alludes to the fact that the majority of people are consumers and not producers. And so we need to be thinking production. What is it that I can produce that can outlast me? Or what, what skill do I have? Or what value can I bring to the market and package it in, in a product 
that can continue to sell even when I'm not there. And then the third, the fourth one is, is, is leverage. Leverage is really about, you know, trying to use other people's skills, trying to use technology in order for you to, to, be, to work smart and, and gain more progress as far as your money-making efforts are concerned. All right, let's talk investment rules now for beginners uh, in terms of what they need to do. One of the things you speak of is that before getting into any investment, one needs to do their proper research. What else is important? Yeah, that, I, think, I think research is, is, is very key, Asanda, because typically people invest into things that they do not understand. And so that's what I always caution uh, potential investors from. To say, don't invest into things you do not understand. So conducting research is very key so that you have some basic knowledge of the asset class that you are wanting to go into. And so once you've done, you know, basic desktop research, the next thing you need to do is to, is to pick an asset class because there are so many avenues that one can invest in. I mean, you know, there's, there's varied. There's, there's equities, there's, uh, there's property that you can, there's also cryptocurrency. So pick one investment asset class and then study that and then give yourself a goal, you know. Set, set a goal, set some time horizon and also determine perhaps your risk appetite in terms of how much money are you willing to invest into this uh, asset until you can master you know, uh, the, the, the ins and outs of this particular uh, asset class. So research is definitely uh, key in terms of uh, basic uh, investment rules. And then also the other one is that don't follow trends. Mm-hmm. You know, a, a lot of the things that are trending may not be trending in the next couple of weeks or in the next couple of months or in the next couple of years. Understand, first and foremost, why are those asset classes trending? If you understand the reasons why they're trending, maybe you can then position yourself uh, to, 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 to better navigate uh, through, through that asset class. And then finally, you know, uh, seek advice where necessary uh, because we, we don't always know everything. So before you make the final decision, ask people that have been in that field that have, you know, burned their fingers uh, uh, trying to invest in those asset classes in terms of what are the lessons learned uh, in as far as uh, these particular asset classes, what are the pitfalls, you know, what are, what are the strategies that have worked for you, and try and learn from the mistakes that other people have made. Don't go into this investment journey on your own. And also, if it's possible, try and get somebody who can hold you accountable for the decisions that you are making. Because sometimes we don't see our blind spots when it comes to investment. We can be very emotional, especially when you are following trends, because so-and-so told you uh, mm. to, to, to invest in a particular asset class that they have not really interrogated. So make sure that yeah, you, you engage with other people that have, that, have, that have credibility within that industry before you make the decision. And you do say that there are no secrets to investing. It's all a matter of reading and getting the right skills and also having the willingness to try. So as we get into 2021, let's be willing to try and get into investment. Is that your message? That's that, that my message, absolutely. Uh, take control of your money. No one is going to make you rich. It's all within your control. It's all within your power. Yes, get advice. Yes, learn, but at the end of the day, you are the decision maker. You are at the driver's seat for your wealth journey. And make sure that the decisions that you are making are the ones that are informed by research and informed by reason as well. 
Your other advice as we enter 2021, what should we be doing in terms of our money? Would you advise us to be lending money out at this point? I wouldn't advise you to be, to be lending money. You know, in times of crisis, the people that make the most money are the ones that have cash reserves because businesses, you know, that are being liquidated are now suddenly up for, for selling and they're selling for a song. You know, investment opportunities as well during times of economic downturn. You find that uh, there are certain asset classes that 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 are not performing as well as they sh- as well as they should, uh, or according to their potential. So they present to us an opportunity to invest when the market is down, because then there'll be an upturn and there'll be an upswing. So I I advise people to really keep cash reserves. Cash is king, especially in times of crisis. All right, so where can people get a hold of your book, uh, Mulefe? Uh, at the moment, they can get a hold of my book on the website www.moneytalksbook.co.za. It's www.moneytalksbook.co.za. Okay, finally, your message to our frontline workers and just maybe any other you know, notes of positivity that you'd like to leave for our listeners. Yeah, we just want to say thank you to all the frontline workers, the nurses, uh, the doctors uh, that have been helping us. Well, we know you put yourself at risk, you know, to save the lives of the people that have been impacted by this, by this pandemic and by this virus. So we, from the bottom of my heart, I want to say we salute your efforts. We, we, we salute your, your sacrifice. We salute your commitment, not only to, to the people that you are serving, but to this country. May God bless you, and we, 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 we trust him for strength and vitality for you in the new year. May you continue in the same vein that you started in, in 2020. We, we really honor you for the work that, you, that you've contributed to this country and to saving lives. Thank you for your time again, uh, Mulefe. We appreciate it and for your words of wisdom. And uh, do also enter the new year in great positive vibes and be safe. Thank you so much, Asanda, for the opportunity. Much appreciated. Mulefe Pue is uh, author of Money Talks, uh, chatting to us here on The Talking Point. So keep your messages of encouragement coming here on uh, SAFM. You can WhatsApp your voice notes to 061-410-4107 and call in on on one. Oh one one, what's happening now with my speaking? Seven one four two double zero six. Oh one one seven one four two double zero six. Our time being ten thirty four. Let's listen to more of your messages.